Okay, good Wednesday, everyone. Welcome back to the pregame.com golf uh, podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. James Ledbetter and I will be bringing you through this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational TPC Southwind. A lot to evaluate this week. It's obviously uh, the top 50 players in the world at this, an event, at this event, uh, but we also have to account for some of the fatigue uh, of the players who came from the Olympics last week. We have now had a major championship, the Olympics, and it's now a WGC all in a four-week stretch. Um, so got to be a lot of some, – some of the players coming from Japan um, running on fumes, and I think in my evaluation that was something that I really had to look into. James, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It was, you know, it was fun to see the uh, golf in the Olympics again, uh, talking about that fatigue – um, a lot of these uh, whoops probably off the charts, you know. Unbelievable. The, 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 the little the chart just going up and down, uh, running on E. Yeah, but they should be fine, though. I'm pretty sure the whoop take, takes care of all that. But, uh, yeah, let's get into the FedEx Cup St. Jude Invitational. That's a mouthful. Um, this week we head to TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee. The course is designed by Ron Pritchard, no relation to Celtics new starting point guard, Peyton Pritchard. I looked Let's that go. up. So it's a par 70 that's playing um, 7,200 yards with only two par fives, has Zoysia fairways and Bermuda greens. And just like last week at the Olympics, we have a small field. So only 66 guys playing, 48 of the top 50 players playing in the world. Notably, you know, John Rahm obviously sitting out because uh, last week's uh, positive COVID test. But Bryson makes his return after um, battling the, you know, the, the, uh, the COVID situation. So the last five winners of this tournament are Justin Thomas, who won last year, uh, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and then Daniel Berger in back-to-back years in 16-17. So one thing to look at is this course, TBG Southwind, is the ninth most difficult course on tour. And over the last five years, the average winning score has been around 13, 14 under par. So let's just get into those favorites. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and one more note before we, before we jump into it, as of yesterday, this is actually going to be the last year uh, that FedEx St. Jude will be played as a world golf championship. It will move into the FedEx cup playoff rotation spot next year. uh, And the Northern trust will be taken out of that rotation and moved um, earlier in the year. Can we bring back Firestone, please? Yeah, no, I know. Where, where's it been? I listen. Let's hold it off till Tiger gets back. A little, a little introductory sixty-one, uh, like like twenty thirteen. Um, so, yeah, a lot of core. I, I think I, I don't. I'm not sure. Do, do you like TPC Southwind as a playoff course? I mean, it's okay. It's just one of those things where you've seen the course be played. Whatever the tournament be played twenty yeah. times. That's a non WGC event. So it's just like slapping WGC on like the, you know, I love the John Deere classic, but slapping it on that and expecting us to, you know, I think the tournament literally used to stay alive because Phil would come there every year before the U S open. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some stat that was like, I think Tiger has won 18 WGCs. Yeah. Seven WGCs in his twenties. And he's won, you know, four WGCs, uh, eating oatmeal, you know, before he played, he's like, they had like 11 different stats that ranked him as the top most WGC winner. Like, and then next up was Dustin. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Colin's Colin's chasing not too far after that now. But yeah. Um, so let's jump right into our favorites for FedEx St. Jude. I'll start off with uh, Kepka uh, at twelve to one. And Rory talked about being inspired by the Olympics after the fact, while Brooks couldn't have cared less uh, that he wasn't there. Him and Jenna at the SI swimsuit issue party just absolutely turning. Uh, mm-hmm. So Brooks. Uh, Brooke opts to go killer to the SI over the Olympics. We can't blame him. Uh, but here we go. Brooks is the clear cut favorite, uh, at St. Jude this week. And this is a bit of a change from the last two events that he's played. in. he was not the favorite at the U S open or the open, but finished top 10 in both fourth at the U S open and sixth at the open championship where James cashed a top 10 ticket on him. Um, and, and he didn't start the week as favorites in either ended up being a very attractive top 10 ticket. So, uh, this week at St. Jude, uh, I don't think there's a, there's a lot of betting value, uh, for Brooks to win to top 20 or top 10. However, uh, the top five ticket at plus 225 is something that I, I think listeners can't go wrong with. It's a very intriguing pick. Um, if you're looking for more value, there's actually a combined, uh, Pick to finish ticket that has Brooks and Morikawa both finishing in the top five at plus uh, 900. That makes me a bit nervous with uh, Colin just returning uh, from the Olympics. But what do you think, James? So Brooks kept his last eight starts. He's either missed a cut or finished top six. And there's no cut this week. So definitely might be a look for him uh, finishing top five. I definitely have him. You know, I never like taking the outright favorite. Um, just because there's probably not as much value as you want to see there. But in terms of um, he has five top fives at this event, including a win in 2019. So obviously this course suits him pretty well. So that's definitely something we'll look at when we get into those picks. So our next guy is Colin Morikawa at 12 to one. Colin finished tied fourth in the Olympics with a final round 63. It's getting to the point where an off week for him is almost honestly like a top five. Uh, so including the British Open where Colin won, Colin has made 11 consecutive cuts on tour that include nine top 20, six top 10s, and two top fives in that time span. He also won a WGC earlier in, earlier in the year at concession. Colin is leading the tour in strokes gained T to green by a significant margin. Literally, if he puts anything but terrible, he contends. Um, the only thing I'm looking for is fatigue this week. Kind of what you talked about earlier, Will. Playing all these weeks in a row combined with a long playoff and a letdown of not getting a medal. Uh, that's something to look at kind of for this week. But I am going to ride with Colin. Uh, until he shows any form of bad golf, you might as well just ride until the wheels fall off. So against such a stacked field where you have 48 of top 50 players it might be a lot to ask for him to win at 12 to 1 but certainly like him in some you know top 10 top 20 plays this week preferably top 10 so moving on to uh xander shoffley at 14 to 1 uh, a great win uh last week in japan to win the gold medal and and we cashed a uh our plus 900 tickets on him and this is not your typical gold medal medal winner uh, even though it's a very small sample size because we've only had two since 1900. But my point is our previous gold winner, our, our previous gold medal winner, Justin Rose, really hasn't done shit uh, since the Olympics besides sign with Morgan Stanley. Um, and in the second interview, in comparison, the second interview that Xander gave was, I'm, I'm the only thing I am is hungry for more. Um, and, and I think, 
as far as any kind of post Olympic hangovers, I think we can rule that out, even though, um, kind of like a, a little like Colin, um, and, and everyone else who, who is in the Olympics, I'm weary, um, of the fatigue, but, you know, he, he actually, his dad wanted to bring the gold medal home to California and Xander said, no, nah, I'm just going to bring it to Memphis with me. So I'm hoping we just see it, uh, wrapped around, uh, his clubs all week long. It just shows that off. Maybe let the caddy wear it, uh, you know, and, and have your title sponsor design a lanyard. What do you think? Does he use it as a ball marker? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that, you know, he's going to, I don't to think there's it. any regulations on ball marker size. No, Even, I, I've, I've played in a, an event one time where the guy marked the ball with his hat. So I'm pretty sure you can literally use any object and a gold medal is just obviously a bit of a, bit of a flex. I feel um, like, I feel like anything larger than the poker chips, just a huge pet peeve on turf. Oh my God. You know, when sometimes people use the, uh, like the range coin, you know, it's like this groove thing. And if it hits it, it's not going to finish within 10 feet of the hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so now, so now Xander's at, uh, at St. Jude actually got to Memphis Monday morning. So for a pro golfer with as much experience as Xander and as young as he is, um, realistically, I would expect a full recovery by the time he tees off on Thursday, but, uh, definitely went through some type of emotional roller coaster capturing the gold last week. Um, I have nothing on Xander this week and, and might even fade him with a little head to head against Jordan speed this week. Yeah. And then just kind of adding to that. Um, I am fading Xander this week. I think it's one thing to play in the Olympics, but that's another thing to, you know, obviously win gold and all the stuff that comes up with that, you know, he's not doing what Morikawa did where, you know, he played in a, uh, you know, obviously played in a playoff or something, but and jumped you know, on a plane, you know, no obligation. Jumped on a plane and got out of there. Right. You know, uh, Xander obviously probably had to do a lot of media stuff. And I did see a clip of, I think it was uh, on Tuesday, they were asking him if he knew what day of the week it was. So, you know, obviously a little concern in terms of fatigue, but let's just move right into our next favorite, Justin Thomas at 16 to 1. The defending champ has won, the, uh, he won this event last year with the final round 65. He won by three strokes. Uh, he's six in the field, two to green in his last 50 rounds. So the ball striking is never something we're really worried about. It's just really the flat stick. And he seems to have turned the corner uh, last week at the Olympics. He picked up strokes on the field for the first time in, a, you know, in a, probably a couple months there. And even with uh, having no birdies in the first round of the Olympics, that was one of the things they asked him. One word to describe his Olympic uh experience and he just said part <laughs> so you know having said that he you know the, the putter is starting to come around a little bit so i do like justin this week even heading into last year where he won this same event he's playing way better so um i do have justin a couple and a couple plays moving on to uh uh, Jordan Spieth at 16 to one. Uh, he's had okay uh, finishes here the past two years, uh, you know, regardless of extremely poor showings from as far as the, the staff from, from T to green. Uh, but it's not really like he played decent at all, you know, for most of 2019 and the beginning of 2020. Uh, so finished 30th here in 2019 while in a terrible place in this game. Um, and the year before that, Oh, I'm sorry. The year after that, last year, 2020, um, wasn't a great, wasn't a great showing uh, 
as far as strokes gained off the tee, lost almost three shots to the field off the tee and ended up finishing in sixth. Um, and, and the same, the same week last year, lost five and a half shots to the field in his approach. So in the red uh, off the tee and approach, and obviously it requires the best short game in the world to finish top 10 and have that bad of a week ball striking. Um, and it just goes to show you, he was really struggling with his irons then. And, over, and just to show you, uh, how bad he was struggling with his irons then over the stretch of five events in which the FedEx St. Jude was right in the middle of them last year. Uh, Jordan lost strokes to the field with his approach in three of them. So it was way off last year. Now we're in 2021. Uh, the Jordan speed we grew to love is back. He's picking up shots in every category, gaining an average of 4.1 strokes off the tee um, and 2.3 strokes in approach over his last five events. So I'm really looking forward to a couple tickets on Jordan uh, this week and we can get to that in our, in our, in our picks to place and head to head. Yeah. So for our next guy, uh, Dustin Johnson at 18 to one, one thing I want to talk about is obviously when it comes to betting golf, wherever you can kind of get a little value, you gotta, you know, you gotta go after it. Um, Dustin's last start was a 3M open where he missed a cut. If he'd missed his flight and didn't even play in that event, he'd probably be closer to 12 to one. So I think it's a little bit overreaction to have him, you know, in the, in the Rory Louis Usain range, kind of like what I just said, he, in the three M open, he was seven to one favorite, obviously a lot weaker field, but you know, he had, he, he did have a situation where there was a debacle with his brother slash caddy had COVID missed the cut, doubled 18 to miss the cut by one. Did he do it on purpose? Probably not, but <laughs> yeah. probably, probably wasn't really too worried about not playing the weekend in Minnesota. So the number two golfer in the world is third in scoring average on the year and 18th tee degree this season. Of course, it's the deeper field, but Dustin won this event in 2018. Well, you remember when he uh, holed out from the fairway? Talk about like yeah, one of the. I, I watched the video yesterday and how how calmly he did his little his little calm DJ twirl and just like took like, the took the left foot forward. Him and him and him and his brother just start walking and it went in and like he was. I don't even think he reacted. No, he had no reaction. He borderline just didn't even go to the green, just walked straight to the scoring tent and told his dad to go get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably I, I could imagine all DJ was thinking was all, you know, at least I can get to my flight out of here quicker now. Exactly. That's, the, that's the one plus exactly. of this. So in terms of recent form, Dustin's coming off four top 25s before that miscut at 3M. Um, two of those being majors. And, you know, one thing Dustin's always been able to do is play well on difficult golf courses. And we talked about Southwind, number nine, most difficult on tour. So I do like Dustin at uh, this week. I honestly, you know, if I was looking at it, I would see him more in the 12 to 1, 14 to 1 range. So we're getting him at 18 to 1. So you just have to hammer that. And on to Rory at 20 to 1. Uh, so Rory ruined my best bet of the week uh, last week at the Olympics beating Hovland. Uh, and it was good to see Rory say after the Olympics was over that it, it did mean something to him. Um, and maybe this inner fire is going to rejuvenate his energy for major championships and big events like this. But uh, as far as this week at the FedEx St. Jude goes, T4 here, uh, T4 here in 2019 um, and, and kind of like Spieth did not hit his irons uh, during the event here. Uh, losing three shots to the field and approach and still managed to finish top five. Um, and, and last year he didn't have a good week here at all, really either. 
uh, finished 30th and, and kind of putted the way that Rory has typically putted on Bermuda greens in the last um, few years. I say Rory's finished top 10 in three of his last six starts, including a win at Wells Fargo at the beginning of May. And I think um, a Rory top 10 ticket at plus 180 uh, would be worth considering. And, you know, I, I just think everything with Rory's attitude and, uh, you know, obviously a big change and what he thought of the Olympics first, what it actually was. So I'm interested to see if this kind of kickstarts Roy a little bit, but um, all in all, probably nothing on him this week. Yeah. And I, I do like Rory this week. You know, it's cool nowadays with all these athletes and everybody taking their stance on certain things. Like Rory's one of those people actually that will change his opinion once he kind of gets that new information. So it was kind of cool to see him saying, Oh, I'm not really that patriotic by the end of the week saying this was such an awesome experience. You know, yeah. you don't always have to have to stick with your, uh, your first take, right? <laughs> There's no way that Brooks, DJ, well, Brooks or Bryson would ever take a comment like that back. So I thought it was actually extremely impressive by Rory. One of the things we kind of predicted would was Rory would kind of respond to that yeah. first country and get back into it. So you know, we got Olympics last week, got Ryder Cup coming up. So I really like Rory these next couple of weeks and months getting his game in shape for those kind of things. Because, you know, when you've been playing on tour for 12 years, it's kind of you get a little brooksy with it in terms of like only kind of worrying about the majors and, uh, you know, the international <laughs> competitions and stuff. Yeah, like it that. seems so, like it seems like he's gearing up perfectly for the playoffs. I mean, East Lake's right around the corner and he dominates that place. So. Yeah, so he's 25th in the FedEx Cup right now, so obviously wants to be there for the Tour Championship. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's now time to to get it in gear. So let's let's move into our next guy, Louis Ushazen at 22 to one. You'd think the best putter on tour would be due with how well he's been playing this year, right? In his last eight starts, he has four second place finishes. He has a tied sixth and tied 20th at this event the last two times he's played it, and he's got the second best scoring average on tour. Is this the week he gets over the hump and wins? Mm, honestly, he hasn't been able to close, close out an event this year. So why would he be able to do it against like the, one of the best fields yeah. in golf? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you're struggling to take down, uh, you know, guys at the 3M Open, you're probably going to struggle to take, <laughs> take down guys in WGC. So he's a stay away for me at this number, 22 to 1. I always, you know, he has backed it up. He's the best putter on tour all year. I'd rather back a guy who's the best ball striker on tour than a guy who's the best putter on tour, especially when they're playing a really difficult golf course, because, you know, you can only make so many 12 footers for par and that's eventually kind of going to going to run out. So for me, Louis is stay away. The, the most important thing, unfortunately, is the putter has been cooling off on Sunday. So it's all it's all well and good if he shoots a first round 63. But if he can't make his, uh, you know, his five footers on Sunday, then, you know, yeah, the magical stretch. Could come to an end fairly quickly. Uh, yeah. I just feel, I just yeah. feel, and I, and I feel like out of all the facets of the game, the putting is the one thing that can just kind of evaporate the quick, the, the most quick. For sure, for sure. And you know, you'll tell you can you can win a tournament with bad putting. Honestly, yeah. Right? Well, hey, look at look at we talked about Colin earlier. I mean, it's just yeah. You know, but you can't win a tournament with uh, with uh, bad ball strike. Yeah. So, um, you know, Louis has been hitting it good, but realistically he's going to have be having to take down Justin Thomas, Dustin Brooks on a Sunday. And I just, he hasn't been able to do it against Cameron champ. So I just don't want to see him yeah. able to do it against, against those kind of guys. So into Daniel Berger at 22 to one, after won this event, like Led said in 2016, 2017, 
finished second here last year after JT posted 65 on Sunday to win. And going down the list of favorites here, I don't like as anyone really as much as Daniel Berger this week, maybe besides Jordan Spieth. Uh, because a lot like Xander, who won gold last week, Berger has really not showed any notable flaws um, in his game at all this year. He he's, has a top has has twelve top twenty five finishes and seventeen starts this year, including um, his win at Pebble Beach. Um, and has played extremely well over the last two two major championships this year: seventh at the U.S. Open, eighth at the Open. Um, and like I said, not showing any flaws in any part of his game as of late. He's picking up a shot and a half on off the, um, off the tee, uh, two and a half shots on his approach, and almost two shots on the greens in his last 20 events compared to the field. So really a huge sample size of really good golf for Daniel Berger. And um, I'm going to really like a, a Berger top 10 ticket at plus 140, um, or I could even have him – um, as my dark horse at 14 to one. So we'll see. Um, and on to Hav, who cost me some money last week. Yeah. So Victor Hovland at 25 to one. Victor's last three starts included European tour win, a, uh, a T12 and a T14. Not including that win, Hovland has six top 25s on the year in his last nine starts. So uh, highlighted by third place finishes at the Valspar and Wells Fargo. So Victor is 10th tee to green and 35th in putting uh, in his last 50 rounds. And honestly, looking at those, looking at tee to green and looking at putting among all the top guys on tour, he's one of the few guys who has both those stats kind of dialed, right? Yeah. So you'd think if you're 10th tee to green and 35th in putting that you would have won like three or four times. So, and then one other thing to look at is Victor is also third in birdie average. So those two stats obviously going to show it. Obviously, if you hit, hit berries, hit greens, and make putts, you're going to make a lot of birdies. So I do like Victor in multiple plays this week um, that don't into that don't include winning, just just like Louis. So it's one of those things where um, the field I think is just honestly too deep to be you know taking him at twenty five to one. Yeah. He's going to have to take down Rory. He's going to have to take down Justin Thomas. And he's more than capable of doing that, but the odds of that happening, I just, you know, I'm kind of leaning away from. He's he's a pass for me this week in terms of winning, but I do like him in some top 10 and top 20 stuff. Yeah, he's kind of one of those young guys. Obviously, you know, you can recover so quickly, but like I said, three huge events in the last four weeks, and and mm-hmm. Victor is one of those guys. So um, I, I'm a little weary of, of the fatigue factor um, as well. So... Okay, so moving on into uh, FedEx St. Jude picks to place. Um, And I have three for you uh, this week, kind of my most filled uh, section uh, of my card. But we'll start here. Jordan Spieth, top 10 at plus 140. I'm going right back to Spieth um, at FedEx this week. Why wouldn't I? He keeps performing in big event after big event. Um, and he's one of the fa- the American favorites that did not have to make um, a long trip back from Tokyo this week. So Jordan Spieth, top 10 at plus 140 will be my first. Uh, my second is uh, Brooks Kepka, top five at plus 225. And, um, you know, the only question I had about Brooks when doing my evaluation this week was, is it a big enough stage for him to play well uh, since it's not a major? And I think it does qualify. He's finished top five in every major this year. Uh, he finished second in the only other WGC he played. 
this year, which was that workday concession. Uh, so if Vegas is still going to give us plus money for Brooks to finish top five, I'm jumping all over it because um, I, I don't I don't feel like it's going to be around here uh, for that much longer. And my my final pick to place this week is Victor Hovland uh, to finish as the top continental European at minus 150. Now, this isn't all of Europe. It's just his section. So uh, France, Spain, um, that kind of region. And you really just have to go look up at who he's up against this week uh, because he only has to beat Sergio Garcia and Victor Perez in this region. Um, There is concern with Hovland coming straight back from the Olympics, but he's finished top 12 um, in three of his last six starts. So Sergio has been wildly inconsistent this year. He's only gaining shots in the greens in one of his last 12 starts. Uh, So I'm not concerned about him beating Hovland um, on these Bermuda greens. And, you know, all I have to say about Victor Perez is he's missed every cut in his last five starts. So, um, Jordan Spieth, top 10, plus 140. Brooks Kepka top five, plus 225. And Victor Hovland, top continental European at minus 150 are my picks to place this week. So for my picks to place, I actually saw Brooks Kepka top five at plus 275, but I'm on the same uh, same wagon as you will. In his last two starts, we talked about a win and a runner-up at TPC Southwind and obviously showing recent form with top sixes in his last three starts on tour. I like this top five bet because it just gives you a little bit more wiggle room. Sure, he could win, but these elite guys, like a good year for them, it's like two or three wins, right? So us predicting him to win is great at, you know, 12 to one kind of 10 to, you know, 10 to one kind of range. But that I love that top five because it just gives us a little more wiggle room. If he's in the hunt and he doubles 18, you know, we're still cashing that bet um, at uh, plus 275. So for my next pick to place, I have Victor Hoplet. Victor Hovland, excuse me, top 10 plus 230. Like we already talked about, Victor's, you know, playing great. He's coming off a win, a T12, and a T14 at the Olympics. Strokes gained, he's six off the tee on the year and 19th approach. So with his recent form and consistency, I think he sneaks inside the top 10, no problem, plus 230, Victor, top 10. And then for my last pick to place, I have Joaquin Neiman, top 10 plus 360. Mr. Consistent all year. He already has five top tens looking for a six. He's 28th tee to green and 23rd in putting. And he's really the only guy I could find that was top 30 in both categories. You know, after a disappointing start to the Olympics, I believe he was like two under through two rounds or something. He, you know, he turned on the Jets uh, uh, the last two rounds to finish 11 under uh, for the event. So he's one of those guys where, you know, he's made 22 of his last 23 cuts. He has 12 top 25s in those time spans. He's just a guy, at least you know he's going to be in the hunt on the weekend. You know, it's just about him uh, kind of, you know, having a nice final round to sneak in there. But Joaquin Neiman, top 10 plus 360 is a ticket I really like this week. And on to uh, FedEx St. Jude uh, head-to-heads. I'll start it off here. My first one is uh, Jordan Spieth um, over Xander Schauffele, plus 105, going uh, back to speed, doubling up on speed this week, second ticket on speed this week, because I simply think that Xander is going to run, run into some mental fatigue. Uh, like we've talked about, I know, um, you know, uh, there's quicker ways to recover the whoop, et cetera, but winning a gold during a quarantine Olympics and then coming back to the States uh, just seems like a high task that I'm going to have to pay to see. 
Um, last ticket I placed on Jordan was top 20 at the open a couple weeks ago, and he continues to just be a top 10 machine in big events. So, uh, first one, Spieth over Xander plus 105. Second one's going to be Daniel Berger over uh, Bryson DeChambeau at minus 115. Uh, DeChambeau just, just totally up in flames right now. Um, and it, it, it's not just uh, the, with the COVID-19 and the sponsors, the issues with Puma, uh, but really has shown nearly no promise of finishing in the top 20 um, at big events since the players in March. Uh, and with Berger, we just know he's consistently finishing the top five um, in major events. Uh, and he's shown that obviously he can perform well um, on this track with two wins in the top five. Yeah. And I have a lot of heads heads this week and um, most of them are circled around uh, fading Xander. So my first one is Morikawa over Xander minus one ten. So I'm just going to keep riding the Colin train till the, till the, till the wheels fall off. My next one is Rory over Xander at plus one, plus one forty. Um, Rory's back. You know, I think he'd bet. I think if he saw himself plus one forty against Xander, he'd bet it himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'd pull a little. Uh, who was the, the NHL player that was uh, betting on the game? The Patrick Kane or something? Who was it? I don't think so. Well, it wasn't Patrick Kane. It was uh, St. Louis Blues guy or something. Is that even a team? I don't even know. Yeah, it is. All right. No, no hockey recollection. At all right, all. back to back to golf. So Rory has made the cut in his last uh, his last seven starts that include three top tens, highlighted by a win at Wells Fargo. So I just think that Olympia experience is going to uh, kind of keep Rory going for the rest of the year here. Um, so Rory over Xander plus one forty. My next one, I have Tyrrell Hatton over Matthew Fitzpatrick plus one ten. And one thing we kind of talked about, you know, over the last uh, couple weeks and months is Tyrrell plays tough golf courses really well. That's kind of his thing. You know, he has a win at Bay Hill earlier in his career. I think like the winning score is like four under, you know, so um, and he has, you know, has some good finishes in, in majors. Tyrrell's coming off back to back missed cuts. So I think they're just over, uh, you know, the books are just kind of over exaggerating, you know, how really bad he's been playing. Before that, he had five top 40s in a row that included T second, T two, sorry, at, at the Palmetto and Tyrrell's kind of had a weird year where he hasn't really played that much. The Palmetto was his like second to last start. So, um, he's 15th, uh, T to green this season. And one of the things actually his, uh, counterpart Fitzpatrick has struggled with is hitting greens. He's 129th in greens and regulation. So I think on a really difficult golf course with Bermuda rough around the greens, you're only going to get it up and down so many times. So I have Tyrrell Hatton overmatched with Patrick plus 110. And then for my last head-to-head, I have Cameron Champ over Kevin Kisner plus 140. Um, so decent value with a couple of these plus 140 guys um, in these head-to-heads. So two top 10s in Kisner's last three starts. I think this is another thing where the books are just really overreacting. Um, but they're they're pricing his recent form like Kevin Kisner's like Rory or something, right? I mean, we gotta remember this guy got kicked off a golf course for racing carts, right? He's not exactly Rory. Uh, so, yeah, so, and not uh, a guy that not a guy that really plays that well on on you know a top ten tough golf course on tour, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you know, obviously Kisner's Kisner's had some good form as of late to you know maybe take a look at him, but. 
Cameron Champ has top 11s in his last two start, including a win at the 3M Open. So I'm going with Mr. Champ this week, uh, plus, one four, plus 140 over Kevin Kisner. So into um, FedEx St. Jude picks to win, and I just have one this week, uh, going a solo winner, um, and another guy that I'm doubling up on this week, and, and, and it's Daniel Berger at 22 to one. There's just no other winning ticket that I like. Um, you know, have gone over him all morning, but uh, you know, five top ten finishes this year, one third, and and, and one win. Um, at Pebble, but if you need another angle on, on taking a Daniel Berger winning ticket, St. Jude is his back sponsor, and, and what a what a better way to win another event this year uh, than when your back sponsor is the title fund foundation of the event. So, um, like I said, Daniel Berger continues to turn in the right direction. My winning pick um, this week is, is Daniel Berger at twenty two to one. Yeah, and I have two picks to win this week. I have Dustin Johnson, 18-1, to because of that value we talked about earlier. He's coming out four top 25s before that miscut 3M that everyone's freaking out about. And one thing Dustin's always done is just play good on difficult golf courses against elite fields. So Dustin Johnson, 18-1, to is my first. And then my other pick is Justin Thomas at 20-1. to And I think it's more than reasonable that he go back-to-back at this event. Uh, he you know, recently changed putters to a, you know, a slightly different um, shaft and it's starting to come around for him. Like we talked about, he picked up strokes on the field at, uh, at the Olympics putting and he has a win earlier this year at the players, you know, don't want to make too many comparisons between this and Sawgrass, but you know, South winds, of course, that has a, you know, a decent amount of water and championship Bermuda greens. Yep. Yep. And then he's playing much better than he did when he, he came in last year. So Justin Thomas at 2001, I think is uh is a very nice look. So into uh, FedEx St. Jude, uh, Dark Horses this week, just one. Um, as always, I have Tommy Fleetwood top 10 at plus 450. Uh, he's finished top 20 in two of his last four events, and that missing piece um, for Tommy has been the strokes gained approach category. That hold-off draw uh, with the hair flowing in the wind just hasn't been quite there uh, like it normally is, but he does have one top five in a WGC event a couple months ago at Dell play uh, at Dell match play. And this is a guy who's 133rd in FedEx cup standings. And remember you have to be in the top 20, 125 in order to get into that first playoff event at the Northern trust in just two weeks. This is someone who can make up a lot of progress on that points list. Um, with a top 20 this or with a top 10 this week. Uh, my dark horse is Tommy Fleetwood top 10 at plus 450. So then for my dark horse, I have Sung JM to win at 66 to one. So I think Sung J goes kind of screw it this week after last week's huge letdown. It's kind of one of those things where you're sitting on the hospital bed and uh, the doctor comes in and then, you know, you don't really understand what he's saying. You know, you'd rather just want to know what the diagnosis is. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think after not meddling and figuring out and, you know, unfortunately finding out that he's going to have to do the two year hiatus, he's kind of just like, you know, even though obviously it's not the news he wanted, it's a bit of a weight lifted off your shoulders that you don't have to worry about, you know, your future is like no longer kind of murky. It's just like, all I have to do now is really focus on golf. So um, he's not playing, you know, amazing golf right now. You know, he's been decently consistent. He's made the cut in his last five events, but you know, 
it'd be a pretty cool storyline that if uh, Sanjay could have a, a bounce back this week. And I mean, you'd think if you just went on a tear and won three events, they got to find some sort of exemption for him or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was, I was just going to ask, let's say he squeaks out like a winner two. Let's see. Let's say he wins this week at WGC. And then, I mean, th- this is, this is, you know, a very big uh, reach, but then let's say he wins a tour championship and then goes straight to the military. When he comes back in two years, I'm sure he'd have some exemptions waiting for him then. Yeah, maybe if MB Park wins gold again, she can give him one of his medals. Yeah, split it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's Sung JM 66 to 1. Come on, man. I'm feeling for him. Okay, and into um, FedEx St. Jude DraftKings lineups. Now, uh, now led only ahead by one. It's 4 to 3. Um, in our DraftKings showdown, and this week I'm going to go with with Jordan Spieth, uh, Daniel Berger, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Harris English, Brian Harmon, and Minwoo Lee is going to round out the caboose on my DraftKings lineup with a a huge win at the Scottish a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was you know I got off to four and zero start against Will in DraftKings. Now he's won three in a row. So man, I need to. I need to uh, step on his throat here. Uh, so I have uh, Rory, uh, Daniel Berger, Joaquin Neiman, Cameron Smith, Harris English, and Stewie Stewie Sink got a drippy faucet on my Stewie Stewie Sink. <laughs> yeah. What a year that guy's had. Two dubs at, at what, 44? Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. On to uh, our FedEx St. Jude best bets. The pick – uh, the best bet of the week here. And mine is going to be Scotty Scheffler, uh, top 20 at minus 110, and finished uh, in the top 25 in 13 of 25 events he's played in this year. This is another guy that I went to at the Open to finish top 20. Um, ended up finishing eighth. Um, so, you know, very comfortable with him. I'm amazed that we're still getting – Scheffler top 20 is with barely any risk. He, he's only finished outside of the top 10 in a WGC or a major once this year. And it was a T18 at the Masters. He's finished T5 at WGC Workday Concession, second at Dell Match Play, eighth at the PGA Championship, seventh at the US Open, and eighth at the Open Championship. So I feel like I give Scheffler even some leeway for a bad round here. Um, but the best bet of the week is Scotty Scheffler, top 20 at minus 110. Yeah, and Scheffler is just one of those guys. He always kind of shows up at the big event, so I do like that one. Um, for me, I have Harris English, top 20, plus 145. He's having a career year, despite the article where they're breaking down all his amazing swing changes and why he's hitting it so well that <laughs> popped up this week. Uh, you know, that's a little cause for concern, but I think he's able to. <laughs> I think he's going to be able to back it up. So he has two wins on the year, seven top tens and 10 top 25s. His last three starts are a third at the US Open, a win at the Travelers, and a top 50 at the British Open. And, you know, only 60 person field this week, 66 person field. So for him to finish top 20, you know, he's only got to beat 40 guys. So Harris English, top 20 plus 145, lock it in, baby. And that's going to wrap up our preview for the FedEx St. Jude um, here on the pregame.com golf podcast on RJ Bell's dream preview led. I enjoyed it today and, and we'll see you next week for the Wyndham. And then after that, we're into the playoff stretch led. So I'm really excited to get into it. 
the playoffs. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Hey, good luck, yep. everyone.